Welcome to the What is Life, the What is Life podcast. Welcome to the What is Life, the What is Life podcast. Welcome to the What is Life, the What is Life podcast. Podcast, yeah. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to the What Is Life podcast. Yes, it's your boy, your host, Sensei Spee's in the building. Yes, Mr. Cronkite himself. Back at you with another episode, season three, episode three. And I just want to say thank you for tuning in. Thank you for stopping by. Thank you for making the What Is Life podcast part of your daily routine, your evening routine, whenever, wherever. However you're choosing to listen or engage with this podcast right now, I just want to say thank you. I love you. Because without you, trust me, this moment in time, this space that we're sharing, this back and forth that we're having would not even exist without you. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I love you for that. And you already know, pal Pullen is in attendance he is posted up on the block like a mailbox. He is chilling. Every time he hears the welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, he gets into a spot and he gets focused, locked in. And that makes me even more focused and locked in. And since we're all tuned in on this frequency, on this vibration, we're about to really get it popping, really ascend and really dive into what is Life. Ah. Misunderstandings can happen a lot. And when you don't know the full history and totality of a situation, you know, you will never be able to fully grasp why something is called something and what led up the series of events to what it is now today. Traditions usually are birthed out of struggle. Struggle and will. The will to fight another day, the will to live one more day, the will to go on when things get a little tough, right? Because no matter what relationship that you have, what job you have, even how you feel inside, it's not always going to be great. It's not always going to be sunshines and rainbows. Even though people don't understand how rare it is to see a rainbow. Right? You got to catch that shit right in the moment, right in time. And it's common for it to come after the rain when the sun is trying to peek through the clouds again. But the other day I saw a rainbow that looked like a gateway. It looked like a gateway, a portal. It was beautiful. But anywho, that's where traditions are usually started. You can go back, look at any tradition. And you'll see it took some kind of upheaval for it to even be a thing, 
be in existence still running, lasting, etc., etc. And without the understanding or the open-mindedness to actually accepting what happened in reality, in time, in real life, realize why it's either right or wrong, eradicate it because it's a negative symbol. We can't, I mean, like I said, and I'll continue to say, we speak and learn in symbols. Life is a symbol. You can go check that out. In the earlier seasons, I expound on that or expand on that, I should say. But we can't have negative symbols that put us in a low vibrational state, but at the same time, a high vibrational state because you have a high level of hatred and a high level of love for what used to be. For instance, there's still Confederate monuments up throughout the country. And in some states, they let them stand. In other states, they have taken it down, taken away that vibration that once was living and thriving in that community as a reminder to your subconscious and your unconscious. It's a reminder to your soul, hey, it's a reminder to your ancestors, hey, this is what happened. And this is the results of what took place in the past. That's why it's important to know your history. It is so important. This world will continue after you're gone and it was here before you were even a thought by your parents. And you're gonna be here for a while, so learn it. Because history does repeat itself. We see that by the seasons. I don't know what it is, but there seems to be quite a large population of tone deaf people. And I don't know, me. maybe sometimes I might be one of those. Maybe I've fallen in that class. I'm not perfect, but when people hear the word, the phrase Black Lives Matter, it triggers them. It makes them say, well, all lives matter, which they do. Which they do. And I know some of the people within the organization were some fraudsters. But it was a real movement that happened in real time as a result of police brutality. And by now you should know we live in a capitalist country. And it's all about the dollar bill. It's all about revenue. 
ratings, etc. And what's one of the biggest selling points? Division. That's how you divide and conquer. Look at any sport. There is division. But how they win is it captures your attention, my attention, pal's attention, and they win. We buy into what they're selling and we happily give them our money, our time, and our mind. And we do this willingly because we have free will. Sometimes we choose to not buy what they're selling, but we are really the ones that are keeping them in business. Just like you guys are keeping me in business. And I appreciate you for that. I love you for that. And so does Pal, because he is a producer of the show. So with Black Lives Matter, when people hear that, it creates division. And it does, at the same time, catch the eye of the supporter. So it's 50-50 division. It's like when you hear the term Black Spring Break. So Black Spring Break is a tradition in Biloxi. People come in from all over the country, spend the weekend having a good time in the Biloxi beaches. But there was once a time during the Jim Crow era where black folks, colored folks, were not allowed on the beaches, weren't allowed in the waters. So what did they do? They had peaceful protests called wade-ins. They were wading in the water, wading in the water, children, wading in the water. Mm, 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 mm. And they were met with chains, bats, getting beat up out there. But they kept doing it. They kept doing it. And then in 1963, they're like, you know what? We'll let y'all on the beach with us. The beach was finally desegregated. And now, the Black Spring Break tradition lives on. But there's people in Biloxi who hate it. They despise it. They say that they come down trash the beach. They say that there's violent acts that happen each time. But in a city like Biloxi, Gulfport and the surrounding cities, that dollar spins the same. 
<laughs> that's that's something that you know city officials and whatnot should keep in mind. That dollar spends the same, and they want to come and spend that money. They want to come and have a good time. But when people hear that term Black Spring Break, it's triggering. Is it racist? I don't know. If there was an event called White Spring Break, is it racist? I don't know. I don't have all the answers. But that's a question that I'm asking you guys. And gals. And dogs and cats. And birds and trees. And anybody listening. I want to know from you. But I think it's beautiful that black people are out there enjoying themselves. Enjoying the beaches that their ancestors, not even ancestors, people who are wading in the waters are still living till this day. And I know some personally who are wading in those waters, getting beat up by the police, fighting for those rights that these spring breakers have right now and all the other black people people who live in Biloxi right now they get to enjoy that I get to enjoy that my family gets to enjoy that because of those peaceful protests so even when you think there's no division there's still division but how to eliminate that how to decrease that is by having open dialogue, open conversation. We know that, but also history. You got to teach these young kids who go down there the history of what happened. Yeah, there's little whoop de wopty whoops but there's got to be more in place. You know, I like to see more NAACP chapters get more involved where they know a heavy population of African-Americans are going to be in a specific time and place, like in Miami or in Florida or in Atlanta or in Houston, right? If there's a big event going on, the NAACP needs to get with promoters, get with city officials, government officials, and be like, hey, this is what we're trying to do. We want our people to be safe. What do we got to do? How can we work with you? It's just a simple conversation, right? And then along when you're having these parties, whoop de wop de whoop throw a little education in there. Give them some pamphlets. And they'll buy in to what you're selling. Buy in more to the experience. And actually celebrate even more, spend even more money when they do come to these places and there'll be more structure and there'll be more safety. I'm talking like a mayor or something like I'm running for president. 
And you know, these podcasts usually aren't political. And it's just not even political. It's just facts. This is life. This is life. Like I said, I know people who went to the Black Spring Break. I know people who actually participated in the peaceful protests and survived. So if anything, the opposition should want to help since they realized it was fucked up to ban black people from the beach in the first place. Like, this world is our world. You have just as much right to it as I do. And the fact that the people in power at the time said, no, this is off limits. Colored bathrooms, white only bathrooms. Y'all know. That's just fucked up. Because we all have the same rights. We all live in the same country. This is not even a political country. This is a capitalist country. The sooner you learn that, the easier your life will be when you're playing and acting in the United States. Don't be fooled. Don't fall for the hocus pocus, the smoke and mirrors. Look beyond the curtains. Look beyond the blinds. Look beyond the mirrors. Sometimes we don't realize that what we're doing is actually bigger than us. Like I understand some of us are still trying to figure out what our next move is, what we want to do in life. But whatever we do in life is so much bigger than us. Like we have so much influence, so much potential that we don't even realize and utilize. But there's people out there who maximize it as much as they can. And that's why there are where they're at in life. Not trying to compare apples and oranges. I'm not trying to do any comparisons, but it's just a fact. And people don't respond well to true facts. And when it's true, you can feel it. You can feel it in your gut. You can feel it in your heart. You can feel it in your throat. No homo. But you feel it. But when you're in this situation, when you're in a situation, I'm saying one more time, when you're in a situation of influence, use it for your highest good. You have to. You don't want to slip into a negative vibration with it. You got to stay high. You got to stay positive. Nine times out of ten, this life is not really what it seems. That's why we can't 
always lean on our own understanding. We all have access to Christ consciousness. We all have access to whatever is here in this 3D realm of reality that we call Earth. But we also have to remember that there's several other dimensions that are still playing out within this 3D realm of reality that we call Earth. So sometimes we get so fixated on the material things and what's around us and we fail to go within to see what is true. The more that we dissect our emotions and feelings, the more we are able to come to a solution on how to act in this world. Whether it's pertaining to what you eat, what you drink, what time you go to sleep, what type of work you want to do. Because we're always assessing ourselves. Some of us are our own therapists. My higher self is my therapist. When I'm in observer mode, when I'm in the moment, it feels like I'm on autopilot, but I'm also conscious and aware. And I'm able to use my wit and use my knowledge, but also what I've mastered is staying cool under pressure because you never want to you never want to let them see you sweat even when you are making mistakes can't crack can't fold I recently got in trouble at work for working too hard <laughs> for working too hard Crazy to me. Yeah, I know I put the team on my back. I put the team on my back. But it's a, hey, you working too hard. <laughs> uh, that was funny to me. That was hilarious to me. But, uh, life. If you've made it this far, you're a special soul. Don't be afraid to open that book. Don't be afraid to peel back the cover. A lot of us have names, but there's a whole story behind that name that's completely belongs to you. You're the author of that script. The role has been written for you. But since we know that you have free will, I have free will. We can do what we will. And God will watch us drift off and do our thing. And then God will let us hit rock bottom. He'll let us, she'll let us, 
fall. But if you call upon the Lord, God will lift you. God will give you the strength. I know this from my own doings, from my own moments in life where I felt weak or where I felt where I wanted to give up. But I keep on just like you keep on. And how I know you're keeping on is because you keep coming back to these episodes. You keep tuning back in to the pod. So I just want to say, if you made it this far, you're a special soul. I love you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for engaging. Thank you for having this back and forth discussion with me. As always, you already know, it's your boy, your host, Sensei Speeds. Yes, Mr. Cronkite himself. Pal Pullen said, wrap it up. I want to go outside. I want to play with my ball. So I was like, all right, pal, I got you. You know, me and pal be speaking telepathically. We use telepathy. I be gazing into his eyes. He be staring into my eyes. <laughs> and I'll be like, all right. Or sometimes... He'll lay down in front of the couch. I don't know. I'm not going to. Me, me and pal, we connect. And I love it. And that's my boy. Just like you and I connect. So like I said, that's all the time that we have. Stay tuned for episode four. And as always, it's getting spooky, baby. Also. If you, <laughs> I know it's usually over after that, but listen, by now you should know, you know, it's season three, but I speak in code. You know, I can't tell y'all everything. And what's fun about mysteries is decoding. Just like rap lyrics when... A rapper has a hard punchline, hard metaphor, hard simile. You're like, ooh, I see the correlation. But that's how history is. You can start to see the correlation. It's going to be interesting to see what I named this episode. Because I could name it Life is Division, Life is Politics, or Life is History. So we'll see. <laughs> I love giving y'all this little extra content, extra tidbit, because when I'm actually in the episode, right, I'm focused. I try not to go off on tangent, but right now I can because I done wrapped up the show. But it's just interesting. Imagine you getting banned from something. You all don't like being told no, that you can't go here. You're like, motherfucker, who, tell, who is you to tell me I can't go here? That's how I be in my mind. Like I remember one time I was at a bar trying to watch the UFC fight. Homeboy, the host, he was like, hey, you can sit anywhere you want. I don't see no problem with it. I was like, all right, I bet. I sat down. Then um, homeboy came up to me. He was like, 
yo, these seats are taken. This is VIP. And I was like, hey, well, this guy said that I can sit anywhere I wanted to. So I'm sitting here. So I got me a little drink. Got me a little beverage. Sat there, drank my drink. And then a staff worker said, hey, these tables are reserved. Boop-de-bop-de-boop. So I was like, all right, cool, whatever. No confrontation. Went and got me another spot. It's a little spot with a little theater seat. That's the best way to describe it. A little theater seat. Front row watching the UFC fights. So it went from good to better. Don't be a sheep. That's what I'm going to leave you with. Don't be a sheep. Don't be a sheep. But you are God's sheep. But you're more than a sheep under God's eye.